Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know, we teach verse by verse here at Calvary Chapel. And uh, you know that uh, I, I go slow when I'm going through the scriptures. I mean, it is not unlike me to, to, to cover one verse. Uh, y'all say amen. Uh, I remember one time, I can't remember what it was, but I covered half a verse. Uh, amen. You remember that, Grandma Betty? It was a half a verse. I couldn't believe that. I was like, I, was it good, Grandma Betty? Praise the Lord. Uh, well, just you and I thought it was good. Everybody else thought it was a little slow. And... Uh, I was like, I need to pick up the pace. And so, and in going verse by verse, quite honestly, guys, and you're doing a book, a whole book, um, you can be years going through a book, two, three years, even four years, going through one book and not even talk about money. And we don't pass the plate here at Calvary Chapel. Somebody say amen. So we never can, we can go years without talking about it, years and not even talk about it, not even address it. And y'all know we don't beg for money. Somebody say amen. So yesterday I posted this. Uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you know this. I posted this Money Matters 2023. And this lady who used to attend our church, I think she moved or something like that. And she posted this comment. I thought it was good enough to share it with you. She said this. She said, my visit to Calvary Chapel many years ago when no offering plate or bucket was passed, I'm actually just quoting her directly, so, you know, there may be a little wonky or whatever. She said, when no offering plate or bucket was passed, I wanted to pass out. <laughs> this is something I'd never experienced in all my life. I was blown away, and then the announcement, you can give on your way out. I told everyone I knew, and I brought my close friend to see for herself. She was blown away. We both said, freely give. I emptied my pockets and forgive me, but it was a black pastor. Now we all know what that means. Okay, leave it. Unbelievable, she said. Then worship and the word of God was revelatory teaching. Felt like I left earth and went to heaven, and at a moment, Jesus was going to come from behind the stage. (laughs) Realize the teaching is what did it. It caused you to want to freely give, because all of it belonged to God anyway. The anointed teaching, she said. And I honestly, I, I was very, very careful not to add to her comment or take away from her comment. 
So if it wasn't like grammatically perfect, I just wanted to lift it and then share it with you the way that she shared it. Um, So we can go many, many years and not talk about giving money or anything uh, like that. Now, let me just say this here. Um, Over the next several weeks, let me tell you this. Over the next several weeks, I have a lot of illustrations and jokes about money and I just want to tell you, some of them are good, some of them are not good, but I'm going to share them anyway, because it's the only time I really get to share them, okay? So you're just going to have to put up with them over the next several weeks, okay? Money and church is oftentimes a very sore subject. Y'all say amen. And even for me personally, let me just share something very personal with you. Even for me personally as an early Christian, I watch preachers and churches mishandle people and money. I'm talking five offerings in a church that I came from. Can I just get one witness in the house? I'm talking five offerings. I'm talking four offerings, and then they go in the back, and then they count the offering, and then they come out, and they tell the people, you people. That offering was terrible. We're on number four. That offering was terrible. Now, I need you to dig deep. I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me that there's somebody in the sanctuary is going to give $1,000. I look over at Elvira and I go, he ain't talking to me. I don't know who the Lord is showing him, but it ain't me. I can tell you that right now. I got a word from God. He told me it wasn't me. Let the church say amen. All right. Hallelujah. I traveled with a singing group. I was doing some traveling and singing gospel music for a period of time. And I remember uh, at the end of one of our concerts, the leader of the group asked me to go back in the back and, and uh, get our portion of the money. I've never seen such a clown show in all my life. I mean, they were back there counting uh, down to the dollar, down to the penny. One for you, one for you, one for you, one for them. And I remember taking that envelope. I'll never forget it. I remember taking that envelope back, and I gave it to the leader of the group, and I said, don't ever ask me to do that again. It was awful. It was awful. It was terrible the way that people in the church handle money. And I think what happened to me, I think it was like trauma for me. Because then when I got here to North Carolina, I I wanted to just put the boxes on the back of the wall and I never wanted to mention it. I really never wanted to even mention it. I didn't even want to mention it. And I want to tell you guys, kind of in this new season of my life, in this new season of, of the ministry here, I didn't, even, I didn't even want to talk about it. I didn't even want to address it. And even to a point where it even harmed the church. And I don't even want to go all into that, but it even harmed the church. For many, many, many years, the board, the church board was like, Pastor Rodney, you have got to at least tell the people that, 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 that they need to do better because it's harming the church. It's hindering the church. 
And I would wait and wait and wait and wait. No, trust God. No, trust God. No, trust God. And I get it. Yeah, we need to trust God, but we also need to teach the people. Because as a pastor, I'm going to wait while the two people clap their hands. Thank you, daughter. Yeah, we need to trust God. But as a pastor, if you're going to teach the full counsel of the word of God, well, the full counsel of the word of God include money matters. So it took me 20 years to balance out. 20 years. 20. And I think finally, I, I feel like I'm just kind of balancing out. I really am. And I don't make any apologies for it, quite honestly. I don't think I did anything wrong. I feel like I did what I did in good conscience toward the Lord. Now, was it the right thing to do? Looking back, I don't think it was the right thing to do. But I did it in good conscience toward the Lord. And you know what? I'm still standing here. So God knows all things. You know what I mean? God knows all things. But I just want to trust God. I guess that's just all. I wanted to just trust God. That's all. And did, yeah, did I trust God? Yeah, I did. And quite honestly, I'm still trusting God. So then we come to 2019 and then I'm like, okay, let's just, okay, Rodney, here's what you can do. Here's how you can balance out. Do like a teaching on money matters. Do that for a couple of two weeks and then you, or whatever the weeks, and then you can get back to teaching your verse by verse and go on out through the whole year and be done with it. And that works for me. That actually works for me. And so here we are in 2023, and we're going to do a teaching on money matters. And I hope you don't walk out because when you start talking about money, folk get squeamish. All of a sudden, everybody got to go to the bathroom, okay? <laughs> so let's start here. God is not broke. Mm, some of y'all didn't say amen. I'm going to say it again because you didn't hear me. God is not broke. Am I right about it? God is self-sufficient. Say amen. And that means, what does it mean? It means that God is not dependent on anyone or anything. That means that God does not need anything from you, does not need, the operative word need, anything from you, including money. Psalm 50 tells us that every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hill are mine. Psalm 50 verse 12 tells us, God says, I just like one of my favorite verses in Psalms. God says in Psalm 50 verse 12, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Isn't that a great verse? God says, if I needed something, I wouldn't tell you. Why? Because you can't help him because he is God. He is self-sufficient. Am I right about it? So when God talks about money, He's not, here it is, he's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. What is he trying to get to you? A blessing. He's trying to get a blessing to you. So that's what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. God is trying to get a blessing to you. Today we're going to talk about, as we begin our series on money matters, we're going to talk about money matters from the topic of the parable of the unjust steward, take your pen if you want to take a snap or get your pen and a piece of paper. I'm going to give you a four-point outline we'll work from today. Point number one in our outline, the parable of the unjust steward. We're going to talk about number one, money matters. 
point number one. Number two, we'll talk about money matters. It's a test. Number three, we'll talk about money matters. It's a tool. You'll understand in just a few minutes. Number one, money matters. Number two, money matters. It's a test. Number three, money matters. It's a tool. And then finally, we'll talk about money matters. It's a danger. Money matters. It's a test. Money matters. Money matters. It's a test. Money matters. It's a tool. And then finally, money matters. It's a danger. We're going to Luke chapter 16, saints. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me in Luke chapter 16. And we'll look at verse 1 through 13, and then we'll come and talk about it, and we'll kind of deal with our outline then. Luke chapter 16, and we're looking at verse 1 through 13. Luke 16, 1 through 13, the parable of the unjust steward. Money matters, 2023. Luke 16, we're picking up in verse 1. And saints, if you're looking at verse 1, would you say amen? He, Jesus, also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. And so he called to him and he said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward, you're fired. Well, then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master has taken the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him. And he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down and quickly write 50. And then he said to another, and how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. And so the master commended the unjust. Look at verse 8. This is very important. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world, are y'all looking at verse 8? For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you in verse 9, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust in also in what is in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust to riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant. Come on, read verse 13 with me. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Point number one in our outline, saints, money matters. 
Well, let's just be honest. Money matters. Money does matter. Money matters to God. Did you know? Jesus spoke more about money than any other subject except the kingdom of God. Did you know that? Did you know that one out of every 10 verses in the New Testament deals with money? 500 verses on faith. 500 verses on prayer. Over 2,100 verses about money. Did you know that Jesus gave 36 parables? We just read one of them. And 16 had to do with our attitude toward money. Jesus talked more about money than he did love. I remember the last time I said that. And this brother came up to me and he said, now, wait a minute. Jesus talked more about money than love, Pastor. Come on. I said, he sure did. I said, and by the way, Jesus never looked at anybody and told him that he loved them. Jesus never looked at anybody and said, hey, bro, love you. Never did. He goes, well, wait a minute now. Jesus loved everybody. I said, I didn't say that. He, of course, he loved everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only life. The world means everybody. Of course, he loved everybody. But he never looked at anybody's eyes. He never looked at anybody's face and said, I love you. Jesus died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, that was his message to the entire world that I love you. But he never looked at anybody and said, I love you. And Jesus talked more about love than money. So I said to the guy, talk more about money than love. And I said to the guy, I said, well, go look it up. I said, since you're so angry about it. Because he was like huffing and puffing. He was I know the Bible. I said, well, then go look it up. And he did. And he came back. He said, you know what, Pastor Roddy? Because he looked a lot more humble then. I said, oh, you eating some humble pie? You look a little, you look a little different, bro. He said, actually, you're right. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, Jesus talked more about money than he talked about love. And isn't that very interesting? That people, this is very telling, that people, this is what it says to me, that people have an easier time with giving away love than about giving away their money. Isn't that true? Money matters to God. And money matters to people. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Because we need money. Say amen. You need money to provide for your current needs. We got to put food on the table. We got to put clothes on our backs, right? You need money for your future needs. You need money to help provide for other folks' needs. Ephesians tells us in Ephesians 4.28, it tells us to work to have something to share with other people. So God knows these things. God knows you need money. Money does matter. Point number two in our outline, money matters. It's a test. Now, in Luke 16, the story, as we just read it, the rich man, now y'all stay with me right here. The rich man had a steward, a manager working for him. And this guy that Jesus is talking about is not like a working rich guy. This guy is like Jeff Bezos rich. 
This guy is like Elon Musk rich. He's extremely rich. He was so rich that he hired a manager or a steward to run the estate for him. And the steward had a lot of power. He had power to hire and fire. He set salaries and he controlled all business affairs of the estate. The steward ran the whole show. He only answered to the owner and saints. He had to be loyal. And if he wasn't, he could cause a lot of problems. Now, in the story, the steward had been accused of mismanagement of the boss's possessions. Now, we don't know exactly what he did. Maybe he took a little money off the top. We don't know. But whatever he did, he got caught. And the boss was mad. And the boss said, you're fired. And there was no appeal. Now, in verse 3, go ahead and look at verse 3 in your text. He said, I don't like digging ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. Amen. Verse 4, he says, I'm still in charge. Time is short. He says, here's what I'll do. I'll go and make deals with people who did business with me. I'll manipulate the prices. Are y'all still listening to me? He says, I'll manipulate the prices and I'll win friends for myself. So when I've lost my job, those people that I gave deep discounts will hook me up with a nice job and receive me into their circle. So he's like, I better network now so I can set myself up. So when I don't have a job, I'll be good. So in verse 5 and 6, just kind of peruse there with me. The first man owed the estate 100 measures of oil, which is approximately 850 gallons of olive oil. And the steward said, take your bill, scratch out 100, and write 50. So he gave him a 50% discount. The second deal, the man owed 100 measures of wheat, about 100 a thousand bushels, actually. And he told him to scratch out a hundred and write in 80. That's about a 20% discount, right? Now watch this. These two men got a deep discount and they weren't expecting it or did they deserve it? And the steward is thinking, great. These guys are happy. I'll get a favor later. Somebody's giving you a discount. Who cares? Right? I don't know about you, but I like the word discount. Come on, wave at me. I like the word discount. I don't care if I don't even know you. You know, you go to the store and you, the person says, well, do you have the discount card? And you say, no, I don't have the discount card. I don't even live in this state. And she says, well, I'll let you use my discount card. And you say, I love you. (laughs) I don't even know you, but I love you. I like discounts. Everybody likes discounts, right? So these guys now, they're friends. He's setting himself up, which is kind of a smart move, right? Now look at verse 8 in your text. The master, here's where the story kind of gets interesting. I actually like this story. It gets interesting right here. The master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. Now the master, Bible students, represents Jesus in the story. Now you say, Pastor Rodney, is Jesus advocating dishonesty? And the final answer is, absolutely no. 
Jesus, watch this, is not advocating dishonesty. Jesus is not saying believers should gain wealth unrighteously and then be generous. Jesus is not encouraging the Robin Hood mentality. Say amen. Keep in mind, this man is labeled dishonest and unjust all the way through the text. So look at verse 8 again. For the sons, this is very key, for the sons of the world are more shrewd in this generation than the sons of light. Bible students, take your pen. I need y'all to stay with me now. I need you to stay with me because I want you to understand this, all right? Hmm? I want you to take your pen and I want you to circle, underline, highlight, sons of the world and sons of light. Hmm? Because these are two groups living according to two separate sets of rules. Jesus is drawing a contrast between the sons of the world, unbelievers, and the sons of light, believers. Jesus is making the point. Here it is, guys. Unbelievers are wiser in the things of this world. More wise than believers concerning the things of the world to come. Once the unjust steward knew he was about to be put out, He plotted, planned, schemed to collect some cash and make some friends who would be obligated to return the favor later once he lost his job. So let's be clear. The dishonesty, the self-interest of the steward is not being commended. What is being commended is the steward is looking into the future. And he's taking opportunity he has now to make wise plans for the future. So what we have here, we have a fool who is wiser than the wise. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.